we'll go to the word of God. Uh, again, I thank the Lord for uh, the website and um, the recordings that are there that Sister Hymenot help, helps us with. The word of God is reaching out to so many countries. People are downloading uh, not only from countries like Vietnam, China, Saudi Arabia, and uh, very many different places in the world, but also I notice there are big numbers of people who uh, are downloading from Norway itself, places that we even haven't heard of. So the word of God is reaching far and wide, and uh, let us always be in prayer that the Lord would uh, bring people to a knowledge of his word, to the identity of Jesus, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name. That would be wonderful. So with that said, we'll go straight to the word of God. Uh, let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 17 and verse 19. The book of Genesis chapter 17 and verse 19. The Bible says, And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Praise God. With the help of the Lord, I will share a message with the title, Isaac, Perfect Trust in the Will of God. If we want to characterize the life of Isaac, I think this sums up the life of Isaac. And there's a powerful message for us in the life of Isaac. We don't normally talk much about Isaac, isn't it? Uh, you don't hear a whole sermon based on Isaac. But today, with the help of the Lord, I believe there is a message in the life of Isaac. Isaac was a man who perfectly trusted in the will of God. And I want to show you how. You see, there are few people really in the Bible who yielded themselves to God the way that Isaac did. Let us begin in the beginning, even before he was born. You know, Isaac's name, his birth, were all entirely the will of God. Amen. What a comforting thought to know that one's existence, one's name, one's identity are all 100% the will of God. Isn't that beautiful? In Genesis 17, 19, God said, way before he was born, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son. Indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. Praise God. And God said he would establish his covenant with him for an everlasting covenant. When you are 100% in the will of God, God wants you to exist. 
God wants you to be called Isaac. <laughs> There's nothing more uh, comforting. There's nothing that can give you more confidence than this. Praise God. Can you imagine what Isaac must have felt? He is the perfect will of God. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. So we have to thank God because I want to let you know that like Isaac, our own spiritual new birth has also been foreordained of God. Amen. When we were born again of the water and the spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, we become God's Isaacs. We are not an accident. We don't need to wonder whether God loves us, whether we are of the will of God. A Christian who was born again in Jesus' name must know 100%, I am God's Isaac. I am preordained, foreordained. In fact, that's what the Bible says. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. The book of Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. The Bible says, according as he had chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. When did God choose us? Before the foundation of the world. When did God choose Isaac? Before the foundation of the world. Praise God. We are all Isaacs of God. We are all the chosen people of God. Can you tell yourself I am chosen by God? My life as a Christian has been foreordained of God. Brother, sister, you should have this confidence. I'm not saying we should be arrogant. I'm saying we have the right to have that quiet and yet profound confidence that Isaac had, that our lives have been willed into existence by the Almighty. Hallelujah. We are not just nothings. God does not make junk. God made us in his image. He knew that we would embrace his salvation. We are the Isaacs of God. We are foreordained. Amen. Praise God. So don't let anybody fool you to tell you that they are more chosen than you. Their country is more special than you. <laughs> there, there's no such thing. Everybody is the Isaac of Jesus. Once you are born again of the water and the spirit, let nobody ever tell you that they are more special than you because of what? What, what is more special than being the Isaac of God. What is more special than being a child of Jesus Christ? What is more special? What identity? Jew? No. I don't want to be a Jew. I have something better. I'm not saying it to say something negative about a Jew. But there's, once you are the child of Jesus Christ, why do you want to be a Jew? Why do you want to be European or French? or German, or Ethiopian, or whatever. Why 
would we settle for something that cannot be compared? Praise God to the identity God gave us. Sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. Don't, don't try even to tempt me with any other. It, it doesn't work. Amen. If you are the son of Abraham, why do you want to become an Ishmael? Why do you want to become an Esau? God have mercy. Amen. Know who you are. Trust that you are the perfect will of God. Can you say with me, I am the perfect will of God. As a born again Christian of the water and the spirit in Jesus name. There is no higher cho choosing. There is no higher plane of existence. There is no greater status. There is no greater identity. Ah, oh, praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you, chosen one. Amen. Stay chosen. Amen. Now, let's come back to Isaac. You see, I believe Isaac had a quiet confidence in the knowledge of who he was. Have you noticed that people who really are, well, you know, special on this earth, you don't find them trying to say, ah, oh, do you know who I am? Uh, they, they don't sound a trumpet. They know who they are. They have a quiet confidence in who they are. <laughs> Praise. Everybody else will be like, oh, no, it's, it, uh, the king is coming, the son of the king, the prime minister. Da, da, da. But they are always very calm because they know who they are. In the same way Isaac knew who he was. Praise God. I will show you that both in his birth, in his childhood, in his youth, in his adulthood, and in his old age, Isaac carried that quiet confidence. Of knowing that he has been willed into existence by God. Oh, hallelujah. He is the man, so to speak. Praise God. When God told Abraham, leave your country. I'm going to bless you. I'll make your children like the stars of the heavens. It began with Isaac. It began with Isaac. It really didn't begin with Abraham. It began with Abraham, but. Understand that Abraham was as good as dead. He must have struggled to believe sometimes. Ah, I'm through me. God is going to give me a son. But when you look at Isaac as a young man, there is no doubt. It's easy to believe. This is a man. Amen. Through whom children will be born. Hallelujah. He is living proof. It's easy to believe when you see Isaac. It's difficult to believe when you see Abraham. But it's easy to believe when you see Isaac. A strong, healthy, powerful young man. Through him, God is going to fulfill the promises of Abraham. That's why God said, my covenant will be with Isaac. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, let's continue with the story of Isaac. You see... Uh, we have to understand that, you know, I just want to say, of course, we cannot understand. I cannot pretend to understand the feelings of rejection, the feelings of pain experienced by those 
whose parents gave them up for adoption, those who have been abandoned by their parents. It's painful. I've seen some documentaries. I was overwhelmed with grief. I suffered with them. But know for a certainty that our birth in the Lord Jesus Christ has been preordained and it is celebrated in heaven just as Abraham, Sarah, and all their household must have rejoiced and celebrated when Isaac was born. Do you understand what I'm saying? The day you were born again in the name of Jesus of the water and the spirit, you caused joy in heaven. Your birth was celebrated by your father, Jesus. Let us look at Luke chapter 15 and verse 7. Luke 15 and verse 7. The Bible says, I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repented more than over 99 just persons which need no repentance. Oh, hallelujah. You are loved, brother. You are loved, sister. Your birth has been celebrated in heaven. You may have forgotten the day you were baptized, the time in Jesus' name, the day you received the Holy Ghost, etc. But heaven has not forgotten it. Jesus Christ, your Father, has your birth certificate. Praise God. Let me repeat that. Jesus Christ, your Father, has your birth certificate. You know, sometimes I, I'll be in trouble if somebody asks me, can you get your birth certificate? <laughs> birth certificate. God have mercy. But I, I'm in my physical birth here yeah, on this earth. But I'll tell you what. Jesus has my birth certificate in heaven. It is recorded. Heaven celebrated my birth, your birth in Jesus' name. Can you imagine how the household of Abraham celebrated that night when Isaac was born? Oh, my goodness. Abraham was the happiest man in the world. Before that time, he must have looked like the saddest man in the world. He must have had, a, of course, he's a father of faith. He had faith. But let me tell you, I've seen people with a lot of faith, but they don't seem to look happy. They're very long faces. I'll tell you what. Abraham must have broken out into not just a smile. I can imagine the old man who was almost 100 years old may have been doing some cartwheels and some somersaults. Praise God. Wow. What a high moment in his life when Isaac was born. Sarah was laughing. <laughs> Praise God. God bless her soul. There must have been chaos in the house of Abraham that day. People jumping, rejoicing, hugging each other. Praise God. Let me tell you, our birth has been foreordained. It is celebrated in heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. Let nobody tell you that you are a mistake. You are not supposed to be born. You are not uh, that welcome. Maybe on this earth, but in heaven, we have been expected. Our birth has been celebrated. So let's continue in the story of Isaac. We do not read anywhere in the scripture 
that Isaac allowed himself to become worked up or agitated by the mockery of Ishmael. He was calm. Read your Bible. It was not Isaac, but it was his mother, Sarah, who reacted with anger. Let's read the book of Genesis, chapter 21, verses 9 and 10. The book of Genesis, chapter 21, verses 9 and 10. The Bible says, And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Hmm. You see, Isaac did not complain. He was the subject of this mockery. He was on the receiving end of this mockery. But he seems to be so calm, that quiet confidence, that quiet trust in the God of Abraham. Hallelujah. It seems that Isaac always resigned himself into the hands of the Almighty. Ah, we have a lesson to learn from Isaac. It seemed that God had assigned other people to fix his problems. <laughs> Amen. You know, when you are chosen by God, God will appoint other people to fix your problem. You relax. Stay calm. Hallelujah. Amen. Enjoy your coffee. Praise God or your tea if you're British. Amen. God will take care of your problems. And I will, I will show you how people were taking care of Isaac's problems. The guy just seemed to be chilling out. Hallelujah. Amen. Sarah interfered and became fed up with Ishmael. Not Isaac. Isaac never said anything. He seems to be infinitely patient. Oh, praise God. The man was a good representative of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you many things in the life of Isaac pointed to Jesus. Jesus, our Lord, his own birth was a miracle. It was not supposed to happen. Amen. But it was foreordained. It was predestined from the beginning. Hallelujah. And our Lord Jesus Christ himself never seemed to get worked up. He seemed to be calm. He seemed to be patient. Hallelujah. With everyone around him. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Praise God. May God give us the spirit and the character of Isaac. Who pointed towards Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So what happened? What happened was Ishmael was cast out. You see, if you make fun of Isaac, Isaac will be calm. But we will be cast out. We don't want to be cast out from Abraham's house. Let us not make fun of Jesus. Let us not provoke our Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You see, 
in the book of Psalm, Psalm 37, verses 1 to 3, the book of Psalm, chapter 37, verses 1 to 3, King David said, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. It seems way before King David, Isaac seemed to live by these principles. Fret not thyself. Don't worry. Don't trouble yourself. Don't be anxious about evildoers. Is there an Ishmael making fun of you? Relax. Sarah will deal with him. God will appoint a Sarah to deal with him. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Let me tell you, I want to dwell in the land. I enjoy the land of Norway. It's a good land, the best country in the world. We live in the best country in the world. Sorry to the Americans and Canadians and Swiss and whatever. We are officially the best country in the world. God bless you. But we thank God for his blessings. Amen. We want to dwell in this land. We want to be fed. There's good food in Norway. Good food. Amen. So what, the, what does the Bible say? Trust in the Lord and do good. Amen. We are doing good. We are trying to live for Jesus. And I'm telling you, we are well fed. <laughs> we are well fed. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Don't misunderstand. I'm just saying God is fulfilling his word. Amen. We are dwelling in the land and we are well fed. Praise God. Our problem sometimes is what shall I eat today? You know, you go through the whole list of fish and chicken and meat and this and that and steak. And, and they say, ha, I've had all of that. You see, this is proof that we are well fed. Thou shalt be fed, the Bible says. If you trust in the Lord, you will dwell in the land. Amen. Praise God. When you trust in God, you don't need to worry about what you shall eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Amen. All we need to worry about is trusting in the Lord, serving Him, doing good. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And God will take care of these things that the Gentiles worry about in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's come back to Isaac. Hallelujah. You know, Isaac seems to preach a lot without saying anything. He's a, he's a strange preacher in the Bible, I found. Whenever I look at him, it's like nothing there. But the more you look closer, you realize, oh my goodness, he's saying a lot just by being a peaceful man. I also was going to call the sermon, Isaac, the well digger, the peaceful well digger. I'll explain to you why later. But you see, we read in the pages of scripture how Isaac humbly accepted his father Abraham's decision to find a bride for him. You see, earlier we spoke about when he was a child, he did not quarrel with Ishmael. God took care of Ishmael. Now, he's a young man. He's ready for marriage. We do not read anywhere that Isaac, you know, told his father, excuse me, father, um, you know, I will decide for myself when I'm ready to marry. 
And moreover, uh, I will let you know whom I want to marry. I believe in love marriage, not arranged marriage, and certainly not forced marriage. You see, Isaac seems to have humbly accepted his father Abraham's decision to find a bride for him. Isaac appears to always rest contented. He's content in the will of God. Hallelujah. So what happens? Genesis 24, verse 3. Genesis 24 and verse 3. We preach about Eliezer. We preach about Rebecca. We need to preach also about Isaac. After all, this is the woman that he's going to live with for the rest of his life. He could have said, excuse me, just a moment, just a moment. Father, my father Abraham, before you ask Eliezer to put your, his hand under your thigh, and Eliezer, you make those nice, wonderful, fancy prayers. Uh, excuse me, y'all are talking about my life. It is not you guys who have to live with this woman. It is me. So can I have a say-so here? Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm the, I'm the groom, by the way. We don't hear <laughs> Isaac saying anything. He leaves everything in the hands of God. Somebody say, give me the spirit of Isaac. It's not easy to be an Isaac. But of course, it helps when your father's name is Abraham. It's easy to trust your father when his name is Abraham. Ah, may God give us a father like Abraham. God, give me a father like Abraham. So I don't need to worry about decisions, big decisions. Because my father is called Abraham. Life is much easier when your father is called Abraham. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. So Isaac rests in faith. Rests in peace. He knows my father is a man of God. I know God is with him. He doesn't make mistakes like Lot. If Lot was his father, he would be in trouble. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we see that Isaac left it in the hands of God. Genesis chapter 24, verse 3. Genesis 24, verse 3. The Bible said, this is Abraham speaking. And I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of the earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. Hmm. You know, imagine fathers doing such a thing today, especially in our self-centered, uh, liberated West. Yeah. I'm sure the police would be involved. Imagine the media running headlines like father forces his son to marry a bride that he has never met, never seen. Even. This would be the headlines in the newspaper. Abraham would be arrested. He would be in trouble. <laughs> Praise God. You see, sometimes we, we just take it for granted. Uh, this happened, that happened. Excuse me. Uh, would any one of us today dare to allow your father to choose your bride that you've never seen? You've never met? No Facebook picture? No Instagram message? Eh? Nothing? No WhatsApp call? I trust my father Abraham and his God. Jehovah, hallelujah, I trust uh, the prayers of Eliezer, the man of God. Ah, praise God. <laughs> God give us the faith of Isaac. 
Give us the spirit of Isaac. Isaac is the picture of peace and harmony. Peace and harmony. His life was like a life that was so agreeable and blissful. Why? Because he trusted in God. You know, when you trust in God, it just removes so much anxiety. Do you know why we worry? Because we think um, we need to have more control. I'm not sure that God really is in control. And that's why our hair becomes gray and some of us lose hair like me. But Isaac was always relaxed. It seemed the man had no, you know, when they sang that song, what was the guy's name? Don't worry, be happy. It was written for Isaac. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. The man, don't worry, be happy. Praise God. God bless him. Hallelujah. So uh, we need to find out what, what is it this guy is eating? <laughs> is it his venison that <laughs> he loved so much? Well, what makes this guy so relaxed? And I'm going to show you. It's amazing. The guy had something. Something that many people in the Bible did not have. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. By the way, his son uh, Jacob was the opposite of him. Complete opposite. Complete opposite. Hallelujah. Oh God, give me the peace of Isaac. I've been running around like a headless chicken for too many years. Allow me now <laughs> to live the rest of my life like Isaac. Praise God. Give me whatever he's been eating and drinking in Jesus. Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. This was the motto, the slogan of Isaac. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And how did God direct the paths of Isaac so beautifully, so beautifully? Like I said earlier, one reason obviously he was so relaxed was because he knew how blessed he was to have a father like Abraham. Abraham always thought about the will of God alone, nothing else. Even God testified. In Genesis 18, verse 19. You know, many things were wrong when God came down at that time to the plains of Mamre. He was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But you know what God found right in this world? Thankfully, Genesis 18, 19. For I know him, God says, I know Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. Ah, oh, praise God. Before we talk about Solomon Gomorrah, let's talk about what was right on the earth. What was right, what was pleasing to God was a man called Abraham. Hallelujah. A man who would always do the will of God. Does God have this confidence in us today? Does God know and believe and, under, and, and, and will declare that one thing is right on this earth, and that is our faith, our walk with God. Oh, I, I wish I, God would have that testimony about all of us in Jesus. Praise God. 
So it helps to have a father like Abraham. But still, there's no guarantee that your son will turn out like Isaac. We know that Abraham had a son called Ishmael. It didn't turn out well with him. Hmm? And we know that Isaac himself had a son called Esau who did not turn out well. So there's no guarantee. He said like father, like son. No, not always. Not always. So, so far we've talked about his birth being preordained. The man knew if there ever was anything in existence on this earth, which was the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, it was Isaac. Praise me. And it seems that the man had a, a profound understanding of this, which perhaps explains his wonderful fight, calm fight. Praise him. We talked about his childhood, how he was mocked, but uh, there's no nothing that says that he uh, was wound up about this and wanted some form of retribution or vengeance. No, he left it in the hands of God. And now, let's follow him into adulthood. We talked a bit about his adulthood with Rebecca. She came. He loved her. Amen. The man's, you know, it's like you sometimes look at him and say, this is unfair. The man has no problems. Everything goes well. Everything is you know, picture perfect. <laughs> It has something to do with his faith in God. A comfort. He didn't stress in the Lord. He enjoyed his calling. Hallelujah. He enjoyed his heritage. And he seemed to be able to see into the future. That all would be well. well. And we see the same spirit of Trusting in the Lord when Isaac became a, you know, fully grown man with responsibilities. For example, the Bible tells us that, of course, like his father, he lived in the land of Canaan. And, you know, the land of Canaan is a quarrelsome, troublesome place, as you can see on the news now. Uh, the problems haven't stopped. The place is a, a powder keg. It is a, sorry, witch's cauldron of sorts. Th this is not a nice neighborhood. Yeah. And we can see it. So here's a peaceful man who doesn't like problems at all. And now he begins to experience problems with neighbors. The Bible says, firstly, Let's turn to Genesis chapter 25, verse 11. Genesis chapter 25 and verse 11. The Bible says it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed his son Isaac. Let's say God blessed his son Isaac. And Isaac dwelt by the well Lahai Roy. Everybody say Lahai Roy. Hallelujah. Let's learn some old Hebrew. Do you know what Lahai Roy means? It means the well of the living one who sees me. You remember Jehovah Roy? Now, Lahai Roy. That means 
the well of the one, the God who sees me. So it's not an accident that the man dwelt beside such a well. He probably named it Lahairoi because he knew from the beginning, I am the one whom the Almighty sees. <laughs> you know, when you know that God sees you, hallelujah, you have a calm confidence. God sees me. Say with me, God sees me. Why should I worry? The problem is if God doesn't see you, if God ignores you, neglects you, God makes you invisible, then we're in trouble. But Isaac now shows why he has this confidence, faith in God. When he got a well, he named it Lahai Roy. Imagine calling your well Lahai Roy. Hallelujah. The, the well of the one who sees me. The living one who sees me. His God is a living God. He sees him. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. May your blessings be called Lahai Roy. May your house be called Lahai Roy. Amen. So he truly rested fully assured in this knowledge. God sees him. Now, twice, I repeat it, twice, two times, Isaac's servants dug wells only to be challenged by the herdsmen of Gerar, the Canaanites. So his servants went and dug some wells. You know why he's digging more wells? Because God is blessing him more and more. Praise God. Hallelujah. He seems to be his cattle, his herds were increasing. He needs more water. His children, his family, his servants were increasing. He needs more water. Praise God. It's a wonderful thing when you need to dig a well. Say, I will dig wells in Jesus' name. May God allow you to dig many wells in your life. Amen. To dig a well. It's a sign that God is blessing you. Praise God. You need more water because you are growing. We need more of the Holy Ghost because we are getting more people. Hallelujah. You know, when you dig, when you pray, when you fast, when you repent, when you work hard, in the end you will get water. People will be filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. That will be our reward for digging wells in Jesus' name. May we all be well diggers. May we be Isaacs. Hallelujah. Digging wells in Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, to dig a well is dangerous business in the land of Canaan. The devil comes. Say, hey, this is my well. Stop digging. This is my well. The devil doesn't like a revival. He doesn't like people to be, their thirst to be uh, uh, quenched. So he will challenge your well digging business. Hallelujah in Jesus. And that's the time to be like Isaac. When the Canaanites come and say, this is my well. What, will, what did Isaac do? You know, if it was his father, Abraham. Remember, Abraham was a dangerous man, by the way. You know, you may say, huh? Abraham, dangerous man. Yes. Ask the five kings of the valleys. <laughs> Ask, uh, you know, the king of Sodom and Gomorrah. He will tell you. Abraham. Mm, powerful man. He has some warriors in his house. I don't know what they eat. But these guys, they can defeat armies. If you mess with Abraham, 
you may find yourself on the receiving end of a military force. But Isaac, he's not that kind of person. His way is not the way of others. His way is the way of trusting the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. So the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 26, verse 20 and 21. The book of Genesis chapter 26, verses Genesis 26, verses 20 and 21. And the herdmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Esek, because they strove with him. Verse 21, and they did another well and strove for that also. He called the name of it Sitna. <laughs> you know, the man is uh, quite special because if you look at the meaning of these words, they are, you know, Sitna, for example, means strife, headache. He doesn't like trouble. He's even naming these wells. He said, uh, you take it. This well is, I call this well Sitna from today. Strife, quarreling. I don't like that. <laughs> he's a strange man, but he's a man of peace. He does not like strife. Praise God. Let me remind you, digging a well in those days with primitive implements and tools was very hard work. Imagine finishing the work after many, many days, perhaps weeks, only to be told the well belongs to someone else. Like I said, had it been Abraham, perhaps there would have been a war. Abraham had trained warriors in his house. But Isaac was a man of peace. He left matters completely in the hands of God, as he always used to do. You know what he did? He dug another well. And this time, no one challenged his claim to the well. <laughs> Praise God. Genesis 26 verse 22. Genesis 26, verse 22, the Bible says, He removed from thence and digged another well. The third time. For that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. He said, For now the Lord had made room for us. We shall be fruitful in the land. Oh, praise God. What a wonderful man of God. You know, I think most of us would not behave like Isaac. We would uh, quarrel, we would quote some laws, we would threaten with lawyers. But this man was very different. He was a genuinely peace-loving man. He chose purposely the ways of peace. He trusts in God. I don't like strife. I will dig another well. Because I know God gave me this land. I know I carry the promises of Abraham. I know whatever I touch will be blessed. Hallelujah. I know God will make room for me. Can we say this? God will make room for me. Did you not get a job? Don't fret. Don't worry. Say God will make room for me. God has another job for me. Is there somebody who tore up the track that you gave them and spoke angrily with you? Don't be discouraged. The Bible says, hallelujah, the story of Isaac is, God will make room for you. He will enlarge your territory. He will give you your due. Praise God. Amen. Because we carry the blessings of our father Jesus.
our father Abraham. Praise God. Amen. So the third time he dug a well, nobody, there was no sitna, no quarreling. The Arabs say fitna, <laughs> no quarreling. So you see, interestingly, it was also after he built the third well that God appeared to him in Beersheba. Praise him. As if to con confirm that he should continue to peacefully trust in God. Because we read, remember, Beersheba is a very important place in the Bible. It was basically where God told Abraham, it, Beersheba means the place of the seven wells. It's a place of wells. And here, Isaac comes back to Beersheba, where his father built seven wells, dug seven wells. It's not accident. Not, nothing here is coincidence. So when he comes to Beersheba, the Bible says God spoke to him. Because in Beersheba, he himself built another well. Let's read Genesis 26, verses 24 and 25. Oh, may God help us not to quarrel with people, fight with people. Let us keep digging wells. Why, why do we quarrel with people? Amen. Let us love everybody. If they say this is ours, if they say something, if they say they are the chosen people, don't quarrel with them. Leave them. Just bless them. Let's go digging wells. They say, let's go digging wells. Genesis 26, 24 and 25 says, And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee. Ah, no wonder. He never feared. He was always calm. Fear not, for I am with thee. And I will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. Verse 25 says, He built an altar there. Call upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there, Isaac's servants dig the well. Somebody say he, the Isaac's servants dig the well. This is King James English. We would say today he dug, they dug a well. Amen. Praise God. Say let's go to Beersheba. Let's build a well. Let's dig a well in Jesus' name. Let's. When somebody calls it, you leave it. Go and dig another well. The God of Abraham is with us. He will bless our efforts. Amen. We don't need sit, uh, sitna. Say with me, no more sitna. We want Rehoboth. God will make room for us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He'll bless your efforts. He'll bless your work. Amen. Praise God. Maybe this message is for somebody who's fighting about something. Yeah. And you, you're like Jacob fighting with Laban. Laban and, you know, Laban was, they should, his name should be Sitna. Jacob's uncle, <laughs> he's not Laban, he's Sitna. Is all the problems that were caused that that rained on the head of uh, Jacob? Praise God. We don't need Sitna. We need Rehoboth. We need Beersheba. Beersheba. Hallelujah. You know, some years ago I went alone to Beersheba the first time. No, not alone. In fact, that time I was with some of the people of God. Some of you were there, and it was very emotional because. For somebody like me, coming from a Muslim background, being the first in my family, my family told me, you are the first since Islam came to Somalia. I said, oh my goodness, I felt like Abraham, you understand? 
they told me the first guy who came with Islam to give Islam to the north of Somalia, where my tribe comes from, the guy was from Iraq. His name was Ishaq. They call him Sheikh, Sheikh Ishaq. So my tribe is called the tribe of Ishaq. It's interesting. Your speaker comes from the tribe of Isaac. But, but not the Isaac of the Bible, I think. I mean, of course, this, they're talking about the Isaac of the Bible, but you know that Arabs, uh, many Arabs are called Ishaq. But Ishaq is the son of Abraham, the father of the Jews. He's not Ishmael. So there was an Iraqi guy who came from Iraq, uh, a Muslim imam, and I don't know how many hundreds of years ago, because but he's still buried in northern Somalia. They still visit his tomb. So that's why my tribe is called the tribe of Ishaq. And, but I can tell you, they don't seem to have the peace of Isaac. <laughs> my people are very quarrelsome people. <laughs> they, uh, you know, whenever you think about Somalia, and I don't mean anything, you know, it's uh, Somalis are people who have been stereotyped, a lot of prejudice against them, a lot of, demonization. Uh, I pray for the Somali people. Every Christian should pray for the Somali people. They need Jesus. They've had enough troubles. But the moment you think of them, you know, the Americans, sorry, don't seem to associate anything with Somalia. They didn't, many Americans didn't even know where Somalia was until Black Hawk Down. Yeah, Somalia, if you mention them to the Americans, again, no disrespect to the Americans, God bless them, but it's, it's facts. The only thing they know is Black Hawk Down. And after that, nothing else. Or pirates, the pirates, yeah? The film, with, I don't know, what's his name? Tom, whatever, Hanks and uh, Somali pirates or something. So nothing good is associated with those pl places. But I pray the peace of Isaac, whose name has been given to my tribe, will come upon my people in Jesus' name. May the peace of Isaac May the blessing of Isaac, may the revelation of the God of Isaac, whose name is Jesus, come upon the people of Somalia in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, let's continue. I didn't even see this connection. While I was speaking, it just came out. So, we see this man, Isaac. We have followed him. Nothing in his life seems to tell you that the man was quarrelsome, the man stressed, or um, maybe there's only one incident, one. You know when? When he got a bit carried away by, by food, yeah, by this venison that he became addicted to. If you want to fault him, there's nobody who's perfect. I find that if that's the only fault we can find about Isaac, he was genuinely a good man. God bless Isaac. You see, God bless him. He began to love a particular kind of dish. Who can blame him? We all have our favorite dishes. Praise God. The thought of that food waters our mouth. Yeah. You know, you just the thought of it, you say, oh, thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. I prayed. I've been to church. I've worshipped Jesus. And now I'm going to have my favorite venison. In Jesus' name. God is good. Who made all these good dishes. So, you know, he asked, he's a human being like us. Praise God. God bless him. So he said, um, 
He was old, he can hardly see. His mouth began to water. Teresa! Called his son. You know, um, you know what I'm thinking of? I, I said, I'm ready, Father. I'm ready. Just send me to get it. And I and his father said, you know, I'm going to give you the ultimate blessing, the blessing of Abraham. You can imagine that day, Esau was truly motivated, amen, to bless his father, to go hunting. I mean, hunting with a capital H, praise God. And, you know, Isaac is a peaceful man. He just wants food. Peaceful people love food. <laughs> Hallelujah. And uh, he sent his son because this son, uh, he's a hunter. The other son, uh, I don't know what we should call him. <laughs> he loved to be living in the tent. He loved to watch TV, maybe. Uh, no, no, no disrespect to Jacob. But you see, um, uh, Jacob was not the man, to put it nicely, to put it you know, kindly, to, to go and get his hands dirty. And uh, there were wild animals and, you know, uh, etc. So he sent his capable son. Go and get me my favorite dish, venison. And so here comes, uh, you know the story. He was uh, cheated, sorry, by, um, now I'm, 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 I'm uh, twisting the story. Forgive me for that. But that's how it should have developed. But we know that Rebecca uh, basically came in. And she took over and she sent Jacob, isn't it? And Jacob cheated his father with goat skin, etc., and uh, received the blessing. As soon as Isaac digested, before he could digest his food, rather, Esau comes in. And you know, the only time I read in the Bible that Isaac was afraid and shook was when Esau said, Father, here I am. I've got your food. The Bible says he trembled. There was fear which seized him. You see? Otherwise, the man never had fear. The man was peaceful. So the only one time in his life he was disturbed, he realized something is seriously wrong, was at that time. But you know why things went wrong? Because Isaac should have known. He heard when God said that he loved Jacob and he hates Esau. Isaac knew about them. Isaac knew that the elder would serve the younger. But you know, it shows us, although he was a peaceful man, somehow he had, there was this one weakness, but he's still a peaceful man. But you see, the promises of God cannot be changed. The blessings of God cannot be changed. The word of God cannot be changed. Even if your name is Isaac, you cannot change it. You have to accept what God says. Hallelujah. If God loved Jacob, he loves Jacob. Hallelujah. If God loves David, he loves David. It doesn't help if Saul will chase him around with a sword. In the end, you will fall and die on your sword. Because God is with David. Let's not fight God. Amen. We cannot manipulate God. We cannot change his plan. Hallelujah. So, let the will of God be done. As long as Isaac believed, let the will of God be done. I resign myself in the hands of God. 
everything worked out well. It is when we try to change the plan of God that we run into problems. Let's continue. Now, I want to come to the last but the most important part of the life of Isaac. I have waited to place this incident at the end because it is proof of the greatest test of submission and yielding to the will of God. In my opinion, in the entire Bible, except our Lord Jesus Christ. I will show you what I mean. I'm talking about the Mount Moriah story. Of course, this story happened chronologically much earlier in the life of Isaac. But the significance is eternal. Let's talk about it. Genesis 22 verse 2. If you ever want to hear a story about submission and yielding, it is this story. There's none like it in the Old Testament. Genesis 22 verse 2 says, And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Listen carefully. God said burnt offering. You're going to burn him. Imagine hearing that. Abraham, <laughs> he must have taken a deep breath. He can see for himself his son, a burnt offering. He said, let's go. Man of faith. No discussion. But let me tell you, it's not all about Abraham. The Bible does not tell us how old Isaac was. But hear this. Listen to this. Scholars suggest Ages between the age of 20 to 37. Think about it. Isaac was somewhere between the age of 20 and 37. And one more thing. Abraham was over 100 years old. Are you with me? Somebody say, oh, I'm beginning to get the picture. Here is an old man with a young, powerful young man called Isaac. And the Bible tells us Isaac took two of his young servants with him. But guess what? Just before he reached Mount Moriah, Abraham told these two servants to stay behind, these two young men. Did you know that? In other words, we are talking about an old man over 100 years old, a young Isaac between the ages of 20 to 37. Guess in whose favor the strength is? If Isaac did not accept this, he would easily overpower his father. Say, Father, are you crazy? You want to kill me? You want to, what? Impossible. Abraham was alone with Isaac. Isaac submitted to the will of God. Abraham could say whatever he wants. If Isaac did not accept it, if I, the issue is about Isaac, not Abraham. Are you with me? <laughs> Are you with me? Can you say amen? Because sometimes we hear the story from the wrong direction. Okay, Abraham says, God spoke to me. I'm going to now sacrifice you. What? You think it's that easy? God did not speak to Isaac. You are alone with Isaac. You are supposed to bind him. Eh? And you are supposed to put him down. And you are supposed to take the knife and plunge into him. 
Are you living on, in, you know, cloud cuckoo land? This is Isaac, Isaac, who should be one of the great hero here. I'm sorry to put it this way. We love Father Abraham. But listen, nobody's just going to take me alone somewhere and try to tell me uh, God spoke to me. I'm going to bind you. Unless I allow you to bind me, uh, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I may end up binding that person, God forbid. But do you see what we are talking about here? Are you with me? Do you see the where the power is in whose hands? Let me let me give you a scripture. Genesis 22, verse 5. Genesis 22, verse 5. Genesis 22, verse 5. Abraham said unto his young men. Are you with me? Abraham had an army. He has, he must have taken two of his bodyguards with him to help him in case Isaac gets some ideas. But the Bible says, Abraham said unto his young men, there were two of them, abide you here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Are you with me? <laughs> there was nobody with Abraham except Isaac. Abraham is an old man who cannot compare his strength with that of Isaac. Isaac was this strapping, solid young man. I mean, he could break Abraham's hand. No problem. So understand what is happening. This is why God gave Isaac this blessing. This is why, thankfully, God trusted. God knew that Isaac will submit to Abraham. God knows your character. God knows my character. He will not allow a crazy, rough person to go with Abraham. He would not imagine telling Ishmael. Yeah. Oh, sorry. To, uh, yeah. Telling Ishmael to go and to be bound by Abraham. I think Abraham may end up being the sacrifice. God knows what he's doing. God knew what kind of Isaac he was giving to Abraham. That's why God gave this command to Abraham. He's confident. He knows everything will work out well. Praise God. From the beginning, Isaac submits. From the beginning, Isaac is humble. From the beginning, Isaac yields to the will of God. He called the well Lahai Roy, the God who sees me. I don't need Sitna in my life. I will submit to the will of the Almighty. Praise God. Oh, Isaac is a great man of God. That's why God is not ashamed to mention his name together with Abraham. And he says, I am the God of your father, Abraham and Isaac. Hallelujah. Let his name, praise God, be forever blessed. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. Patience for calling your son Isaac. Hallelujah. This is one of the greatest men in the Bible. Because I will show you that Isaac is a type of Christ. He's a shadow. Pointing to Jesus. What did Jesus say in the garden of Gethsemane? Not my will. But your will be done. Hallelujah. Isaac is pointing to Jesus. Oh hallelujah. It's not everybody. Who can do this. It's not everybody. Praise God. Let's read Genesis 22 verses 9 and 10. 
Genesis 22, 9 and 10. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Verse 10, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Just picture this with me, please. Picture this with me. All his life, Isaac yielded to the will of God. We never see him fighting or quarreling with the will of God. Even when he realized that his son Jacob had cheated Esau of the blessing, Isaac accepted the will of God. He silently trusted God when Ishmael mocked him. And when the herdmen of Gerar stole his wells, in his final moment now, when he was bound there, he saw the knife go up, aiming for his heart. Isaac must have thought about all of this and closed his eyes and told God, you know, I have never wanted sitna. I have always submitted to you. I never challenge your will. And I'm here again on Mount Moriah to accept your will, my God. Because you are my everything. I trust in you. Whatever your will is. I was born because of your will. I'm not supposed to be born. And now, this is the climax of my life. This is the culmination, the apotheosis of my submission to you. Accept the sacrifice, oh God. And I'm sure sometimes he opened his eyes and the knife is still hanging in the air. <laughs> you see, that was the last moment, the last submission of Isaac, the greatest submission of Isaac. And Abraham's hand went down because the angel of God said, do him no harm. Don't touch him. Praise God. Let me tell you when you obey God, when you submit, don't be afraid. We are not weak when we submit to God. You People don't understand what we are doing when we humble ourselves. Our God is very powerful. He sees, he knows what we are doing. Praise God. Don't mistake kindness for weakness. It's never weakness. Amen. To be kind, to be gentle, to submit. Praise God. To love, to say sorry. It's the spirit of Isaac. Isaac was blessed by God. Isaac is loved by God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to understand, praise God. God provided himself, hallelujah, a sacrifice. In Genesis 22, verse 12, God said, he said unto him, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. Ah, do you understand what I'm speaking about? If you are like Isaac, God will even tell Abraham, don't touch this boy. Don't harm this boy. This boy, there is no boy like him. Hallelujah. Of course, Abraham fears God. But I just explained to you that Isaac could have left any moment. There's nobody except his old father. He could have carried his father on his shoulder and said, Father, I think you're hearing voices. You want to kill me? You want to stab me? No, no, no. This is the limit of my submission. No. Isaac was a man of God. A great man of God. Isaac submitted to his father. He was bound. He allowed himself to be bound. 
Why does he need to be bound? You know, you know why he needed to be bound? In case he changes mind. <laughs> Abraham is making sure. He agreed with him. He agreed with him. Isaac, you have submitted up to this point. You can still get up and beat me. Can I bind you? Because when we sacrifice, we have to bind the sacrifice. Can I bind you? So that in case you change your mind. Just think about what I'm saying now. Isaac must have thought about it and said, yes, go ahead and bind me. This will prove to you, my father and to God, that I will never change my mind. Even if I start to scream and I lose faith, still go ahead and sacrifice me. Ah, are you with me? Is it uh, sinking in you to understand what is going on? You don't bind somebody who already put himself on the altar. He's binding him in case we are going to obey God together. There is no bond, no cord of faith like a fight, bond between father and son to serve and to obey God. Ah, we all should pray for this. One day, father and son will preach together. One day, father and son, a man, will sacrifice to God together. One day, mother and daughter, mother and son, hallelujah. Let's pray for that. That blessing came on that mountain because father and son agreed together. Amen. It's not father alone. We shouldn't preach about this as if it's father alone. It's wrong. All the glory went to Abraham. God bless Abraham. But it's not only about Abraham. It's about Isaac also. This is proof of Abraham's upbringing, uh, uh, Abraham's uh, 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 teachings, Abraham's investment in his son. If you ever doubted Abraham's teaching example love, it's there on Mount Moriah. He knew my son will work with me to obey my God, to be the ultimate sacrifice for God. And Abraham was confident. He must have told his son, my son, I know about sacrifice. All my life I sacrificed to this God. He never asks for human sacrifice. Never. He is not a God who wants human blood. He's testing us. Do you understand, my son? So Isaac must have told him, Father, I trust you. I know your life, my father. I know Praise God, generations to come will speak about our family. We will be number one examples, hallelujah, the household of faith, hallelujah. Jesus, give us children like this, who will be willing to be bound to serve God, hallelujah. Willing to go anywhere with Abraham, praise God, to serve Jesus. Praise God. Ah, you can't just preach about such a message. You feel it deeply, praise God. What a man. What a father. What a son. Amen. So let me conclude by saying, you see, in this, the only example of submission which can supersede that of Isaac in the Bible is the son of God himself, Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. He was a shadow pointing to Jesus. In this act of unique submission, Isaac was a worthy representative or shadow of the ultimate type 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Praying and accepting the will of the Father in Gethsemane. Luke 22 verse 42. Saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be. Oh, hallelujah. What a great family. What a great God who raises such a great family. I bless him with all my heart. And I pray that he will give us a fraction of the submission, the spirit of humility and yielding that Isaac can. May God make you a well digger, one who hates strife, hates sitna. Amen. One who believes God is Lahai Roy, the well of the living one who sees me. May we have that quiet faith, that calm confidence. Hallelujah. If anybody uh, embodied or encapsulated that, that uh, slogan from Britain during the Second World War, when the German Luftwaffe was bombing the living daylights out of the cities in the UK. There were signs that appeared that said, keep calm and carry on. Isaac embodied this principle. Keep calm and fight through faith in Jesus Christ and carry on. Praise God. Shall we pray in Jesus' name? It's easy to talk about Isaac's fight, but very difficult to implement it. We need grace. But it begins by faith. Everything begins by faith. And prayer in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message. Isaac, again, in his quiet way, has challenged, challenged us. Thousands of years later, he's still preaching to us with his quiet faith. His unassuming walk with you that still speaks volumes. If the blood of Abel cries from the earth the quiet fight of Isaac is proclaiming a powerful message across the centuries Lord help us to trust in you as Isaac did help us to yield and submit to your will as Isaac did help us to pass the tests of Mount Moriah in the name of Jesus help us to Collaborate with our Abrahams that you've given us. A twofold cord is not easily broken. Hallelujah. Bless, I pray you, the relationships you've given us in the church to do your will. I pray, Jesus, that the blessing of Isaac will come upon us. Let us be a people who do not love strife, but are willing to keep digging until you give us Rehoboth, make room for us, make room for us. We bless you, Jesus. I thank you for this message. Bless all your people who are here. We believe that you lay these messages upon our hearts because you know the needs of your people. You're the God who ministers. You're the God who edifies, blesses, comforts, corrects, rebukes. All of these things you do because you're our Father. We love you, we bless you, and all this we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And the church says, Amen, Amen, Amen.
God bless each and every one of you. We thank the Lord.